Hey friends, welcome back to BIM Voice. Today I have the pleasure to talk with Wojtek, who is a civil engineer, but he's working as a developer right now, still towards the construction industry. Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, my name is Wojtek and uh, I actually, uh, right now I'm a programmer in the Design Boutique company. And we are actually right now, it is a startup and we are creating some tools for architects, in fact. But uh, after, let's say after work, what I usually do right now is this project that uh, I would like to introduce today. So this is this .beam file format. Yes, we can jump straight to that. And let me start this with a question. Yeah. Why did you develop this project? What is the reason behind this initiative? Yeah, so there is no like simple answer to that. But first of all, like we need to understand, uh, think about, uh, let's say, the existing file formats that we have in, let's say, beam industry. And the fact that, um, let's say, I was actually um, realizing over time when I was working with IFC, in fact, uh, that there is no, let's say, simplified format when you can exchange the geometry, but in a simple way. There are different file formats for the geometry exchange, but none of them are really that simple, uh, I would say. And dot .beam actually, uh, let's say, it introduces the file format that is really, really simple. It makes it like extremely simple to exchange the geometry and data attached to it. And it's, it makes it extremely simple to develop the tools around uh, this file format. So it's kind of uh, the reason was, let's say, realizing that there is no such thing uh, yet. And maybe it will be nice to introduce uh, something uh, like this. So that was, uh, let's say, the main reason why I decided to develop it. I uh, didn't have like big expectations at first, but it looks like there are plenty of people who actually found it uh, useful, which is like really, really nice. I'm really happy that it actually happened. And uh, yeah, we will see how it actually will go in the future. Yeah, that's interesting. You mentioned the types of uh, formats and how complex they are, but there must be something more. You either were working with more programs together and you did not have a workflow that you really liked, or you heard a lot of other people complaining about this and you capitalized on this. I think it started actually with some other project of mine, which is also like open source project, which it's called T-Rex. And it was the plugin for Grasshopper to create a reinforcement element models. It is a project when you can basically using Grasshopper, you can create a typical reinforcement structures like uh, foundations and uh, beams, and you can create stirrups and all these different types of rebars in there. And uh, at first it was like only 3D, so it was like you could create those uh, rebars and there was data attached to it in fact, but there was like no export. It was all in uh, this Rhino environment. So then people asked me that there were like comments about this project and they people were saying things like it's not BIM and it's not BIM because I, you cannot export IFC from that. So I was like, okay, so let's add uh, 
feature that will allow this uh, IFC export. So I picked up the uh, XBeam uh, library, which allows in, in C Sharp uh, uh, to create and to read some IFC files, great library for IFC. But uh, then it turns out that I actually spent a lot of time to make it possible just to export this uh, reinforcement through it. And it was actually a huge challenge to do, even though uh, I was using uh, the existing library to do it. Because it turns out that even if you are using like IFCJS or, or any other library, you still have to understand some part, let's say, of the IFC schema to make a decent uh, exporter. And even like when I spent actually plenty of hours to understand the schema itself, then it, what I actually experienced was, for example, I was creating some IFC from it, and then I would try to import it to different software. And in different software, I, I saw like different results of uh, of it. So some of uh, some software that were like better in reading my IFC somewhere like mm -hmm. uh, worse and. Um, then I kind of understood like what is an issue with it, what is actually the problem and why things like this happen. Because normally when you when you're using IFC, like there are like a lot of uh, different uh, opinions about uh, IFC and so on. And obviously mine also will be different. I just uh, want to point out that this is like my personal opinion about uh, some stuff. It's not like um, yeah. I'm hundred percent certain about uh, those things, but the thing with IFC was uh, that actually um, you can experience, and it's not like only for IFC, but all other uh, 3D formats. Let's say it is really familiar feeling that you export from one software and then you try to import in in another one, and then let's say half of it is missing or something or some part of it that uh, like it doesn't display the same way or, or, or stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And we as let's say as the engineers, we kind of experience, uh, we know that feeling. So I was asking like why, why this happened. And if you ask like a lot of actually a lot of uh, guys who are like beam developers and they, they have their own theory why things like this happen. So for example, they they say that uh, some like these uh, companies do it on purpose because they want to they really don't want to support those other file formats because they want to uh, make their own file format more popular and stuff like this but uh, i think I, I won't agree with that in my opinion it's uh, it's a number of let's say features that uh, that like um this one particular file format let's say introduce and uh, if this uh, number of features mm -hmm. it's is really really big then it's uh, it's really hard to create decent importers for such file formats and in fact file formats like ifc okay um, maybe it's not uh, the best way to, to say it because uh, obviously, uh, some some people will say that IFC is not file format, but it is schema. But it's uh, not only a file format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if we treat it like file format, it's it's actually it introduces like a lot of different types of geometries. It's 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 really nice. Obviously, uh, you can like represent everything uh, in IFC. But at the same time. If you are in the position of the, let's say, someone who would like to create the decent importer, 
it means that uh, each of these geometry type will have to be like uh, managed properly. So you have to spend like a lot of time to make it possible to import each type of the geometry separately in a correct way. And uh, it's not an easy task, especially because uh, different beam software actually they have different let's say geometric capabilities mm -hmm. uh, it's not like each of this uh, geometry let's say it's each of this beam software can actually make uh, all of this uh, can actually display properly all of these geometry types um, so i realized that Okay, what about, uh, what if we try to do it in a different way? So uh, what if actually file formats would contain only one type of geometry? And that's what actually uh, .beam files, they ah. do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they, they actually, they only support uh, meshes, which is a, just one type uh, of geometry that, uh, that you can transfer. With the, the, these are like triangulated meshes. And if you do it like this, then if you are writing an importer from the, let's say, uh, developer point of view, it's extremely easy because you have to handle only one type of geometry, which is this mesh. So if you will handle this properly, then all models will load uh, like properly. And actually, meshes are also really straightforward to display let's say and to import in the in different software i would say that uh, for the 3d geometry it's like the most reliable type of geometry mm -hmm. um, there's no like that that much places in in meshes uh, that you can mess up with let's say because it's just a number of uh, vertices and then you have to co connect these vertices into triangles mm -hmm. so um what about, let's say, other types of geometries? Let's say, uh, uh, if you have like, if your software have like different type of geometry and I uh, only allow to transfer meshes. So the answer to, to it is you can actually discretize any type of 3D geometry into mesh. So any type of geometry you have in any software, you can some, uh, somehow convert, tessellate discretize into a mesh so this is like the different let's say kind of uh, approach so i force people to place only meshes there only to make it let's say easier uh, to from the importer point of view and this way actually it turns out that um, it makes it really let's say uh, reliable you can be like almost 100% sure that all of the ge geometry will be transferred properly if, if you stick to only meshes. And that's different from the other file formats, let's say. Yeah, you were so mad at these people who said that this is not BIM, that you used the exact same <laughs> name for the extension, .BIM. Here we have it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no one can say that anymore. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was actually, yeah, that's... Uh... No, but this is actually very, very interesting and very cool. It might not be the best solution for 
everything for all situations. But when you need to exchange ideas, you don't need all the details or you don't need to adhere maybe to IFC, right? And in this case, you can use a much simpler approach, especially if you have a lot of difficulties and you work with more softwares. Like if you work with uh, Tecla, Revit and uh, AutoCAD and you have uh, Rhino for with Grasshopper and so on, right? It, it makes it much, much, much easier. And yeah, it's very good actually to start with this mindset, making something simple that can work quickly, right? Deliver results. And after that, we yeah. can see how much better we can go from there, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a very uh, good uh, thought process right there. I congratulate you for this and I thank you for this. I did not use it myself yet, but I will try to use it and see how it works. It's very nice to see so many nice things built from people on their own time that want to revolutionize the industry to improve it, right? This is very, very nice of you because people don't really understand. Uh, not everyone knows what open source is, but yeah, uh, we need much more of it in our industry, unfortunately, because we are uh, held hostages by big corporations otherwise, right? And we don't have any options. If you want to switch to something else, it's very, very difficult. So it's, it's very, very nice. Did you consider any other more radical approaches? Are you aware with uh, the concept of linked data? Did you look into this at all? Not really. I mean, to be honest with you, I I think this morning I, I saw the video, like your previous uh, video. With Hokon, my, my talk with Hokon. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good starting point. Maybe you can uh, research a bit more into this kind of concept. And it would be really interesting if we can come up with something that can really revolutionize because he has some good points. I don't deny that IFC is a very needed standard because we need a standard in place to get all the players to play together and to try to improve as much as possible, right? But he is not wrong when he says that this is an old technology and we try to use it in this age where everything is trying to grow exponentially, right? So okay. it's definitely we need much more attention to this. like. Of course, we need to see results. We need to see palpable things. It's very nice that we uh, get some possible good ideas, but we need to come up with something palpable that can be applied, right? Because otherwise it doesn't mean anything. And I'm thinking like your approach, like very simple approach, combine this with the Web3 and linked data, and maybe add on top of that some blockchain functionality for something specifically, not for the entire functionality, right? So then you come up with something really revolutionary and not based on old standards or something, right? That might really worth investing more in it, right? It might be a lot of people that could be willing to invest in something like this. Yeah, but it would be really interesting to research a bit that I'm really excited about uh, these opportunities. But like I said, it's also very good, like looking five years back or 10, it's much better what is happening right now with IFC because at least we get a common ground, right? Which is very important and the minimum requirement for collaboration, right? You cannot thrive in any industry if you don't collaborate. Yeah, actually what makes IFC uh, really powerful, in fact, uh, also is, is the fact that, like like I said before, is uh, people like thinking uh, BIM equals IFC and uh, each, let's say, Every, every BIM software, let's say right now, export and import IFC. Uh, some of them do it better way. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Some of them are worse, but uh, anyway, it makes it so powerful that, uh, well, that's actually the thing with that BIM, uh, for example, that to make it really powerful, let's say we have to make it useful on multiple platforms because right now it's, it's only you can 
export it from Grasshopper, import it to Grasshopper and, and to Blender. But we have to make it possible to use it also with Revit, Oplum, Tecla, all this software. And only then we can say that, okay, now it's, now it's useful because the file format is as useful as the number of platforms that actually support it, let's say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's very true. And especially like we don't talk too much about the structural analysis softwares. Those are many of them are very primitive in that regard, right? So uh, the easier we make it for uh, those so- to integrate it with those kind of softwares, the, the better it is for the entire uh, design side of uh, our uh, industry. Yeah, but um, we can talk about it a bit more because, um, f- like. Mm, at the when you look at this software like uh, we are both civil engineers so we, we are like we know these finite element methods uh, different types of software and beam mm-hmm. uh, different types of like like tecla for example mm-hmm. um, uh, they all like started in the 80s and 90s something like this most of them at least yeah and um, you can have that feeling that okay it, it's it's a bit like old uh, they are they are a bit old and they are not like up to date that much but at the same time it if w- once you actually try to develop something new you realize how complex actually these these tools are like uh, tecla for instance it's there are like a lot of features that they uh, develop during these 40 years or uh, mm-hmm. 30 years whatever it's like that's why we can't see that many let's say new software uh, that will easily replace these old ones because actually it, it turns out that it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to create software like uh, like revit or or tecla even though it 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 might be at, at the very first look you can you can have this impression that they are primitive or something like this that there are like a lot of features in there so yeah when i say uh, primitive i'm thinking about softwares like etabs like the ones doing finite element okay. analysis and so on not etabs etabs might be a better example but uh, i mean structural analysis right in tecla and uh, revit you're still doing detailing these are uh, no not, not them I meant the other ones, the structural analysis software, which are lacking behind. This has been a very interesting discussion, and I think we can definitely have another chat if you would like to, and especially talk more a bit about the open source aspect. And maybe by then you will also have uh, an idea or uh, will know something a bit about uh, uh, linked data and Web3. Uh, but yeah, okay. I, I would really uh, like to touch a bit uh, the importance of open source. What motivates you to be a contributor? why others should be interested in uh, becoming contributors and uh, to support this movement because this actually could be a, a common effort that could provide maybe tools that could rival this the existing ones right it's very difficult to start a startup and come up with the same good product in uh, over a few years right but if you get a lot of people uh, working together on the same project you can get much quicker there 
And there might be also some advantages because we could start from some more modern approaches, like from uh, 2022's uh, perspective, right? We see where we are heading, what is more important and so on, right? But of course, as you said, you need a lot of efforts, but that can be mitigated by the effort of a lot of people, right? Those years, those 30 years of, uh, let's say, 30 developers can be compressed into two or three years of uh, two or uh, three hundreds of other people contributing, right? So there can be also this effort. Yeah, but if we talk about open source, I mean, I also have like a bit different uh, approach to things like this. I mean, okay, there are like a lot of things that I do and actually I, these are open source uh, tools and uh, mm -hmm. most of it, they are, they, these are the actually uh, Grasshopper uh, plugins. But um, there is like, a, you know, it's uh, uh, different people in an open source community, they have, let's say, different motivation when they actually make it available and free for everyone. And sometimes they do it just because they, let's say, they have this motivation to, just as you said, it was like the motivation to make it free for everyone. And so they want to be these guys who, let's say, make it free. Like they, they want to be these guys who will help those who struggle with the prices, which they're like, uh, the, the software, uh, both software, uh, if we talk about the finite element method software mm -hmm. and, and also uh, software like for, for the modeling, they are really pricey. Um, yes. This is like one type of uh, thinking about it that uh, uh, to make it free. So if you, even if you have like, uh, let's say one person uh, office, then you can afford it even though um, even though it's a small company right now, it's it is a big struggle to to afford some of this software if, if you have a small company and if you're mm -hmm. just starting. So obviously it will be nice to have uh, just like in the other industries, like with Blender, what we have like the you can actually model in 3D for free completely. It will be really cool if you can do it like be models for free as well. and. That actually, if I understand correctly, Bender Beam actually kind of introduced this, uh, this thing and yes. kind of make it possible to model those uh, beam. That's true, but we are still far away from uh, using it uh, in production, like yeah. on a large scale. So, but uh, yeah, it, it needs a lot of uh, much more efforts. I don't know, uh, IFCJS might go into the same direction. So there are these two, but like I said, uh, it's need for much more uh, support. Like it's, uh, uh, it's not enough. It's not enough what is happening. Yeah, yeah. But maybe part of it is is the fact that there are not actually that many, um, let's say, um, developers who actually understand also uh, our industry. Yes. Like, uh, if we talk about civil engineers that that actually uh, became the developers, there is like really small number of of, uh, of guys like this, I, I would say. And maybe th this also makes it uh, a bit yes, harder. Yes, but I don't think that's the only reason. I think the general belief and the trust in this kind of approach, business approach, it's very little known in our industry because you don't need to be a developer to, uh, to contribute. You can yeah. contribute with some funds, right? Uh, but we are still not there where we can have developers full time working on this, right? Because there, when you reach there, then you start talking about this, right? About something more serious. 
but so you don't need really you don't really need to be a developer but if you contribute 10 or 20 dollars a month that can mean something a lot right if that comes from a few hundreds of people and our industry is pretty huge uh, right and people are not enough uh, aware about uh, how important open source is or can be in our industry unfortunately uh, but yeah, it's it's important to whatever we can do to contribute towards that, even uh, by sharing a post or something sometimes on uh, LinkedIn. Yeah. But yeah, uh, especially mo- most important is the, the code contribution, of course, or money that can pay for uh, coders, yeah, yeah, yeah. drummers that contribute towards that. Thank you very much for joining me. It was a very uh, pleasant and uh, thoughtful uh, conversation. And I'm really looking forward to follow your uh, progress and uh, have you uh, for other uh, conversations as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for, for invitation and for conversation. You're welcome. It was nice to have you.